everyone. Welcome to episode 72 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. I do believe in the friend, not fan. I don't like that word fan because in these mediums, that's how viewers and listeners see you. They look at you as a friend. You're so much a part of their life and their routine when they download the show or they tune in every you know, Wednesday, whatever it is. Hello, my name's Ian Anderson-Gray, and in this episode of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast, I'm joined by Lou Mongello to talk about how to build and grow your community through the power of live video. It was such a great interview, and I can't wait to share it with you. So let's get on with it. Oh, but first, I think it's time for something a little bit Disney. Looks like it's time for something completely nutty. Always a singular you. Love video, love video community. Make your audience feel special, there's a burst guarantee. Lumagello, Lumagello says it's always the same. Ask questions, bring value, and call them by name. On the rooftops of Streamland, that's the name of the game. This is the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Confident Live Marketing Podcast. With Ian Anderson Gray, helping entrepreneurs level up their impact, authority, and profits through the power of live video. Gain confidence in front of the camera, confidence with technology, and confidence with the content and marketing. Together, Together, we can go live! Hello and welcome to the Confident Live Marketing Show. My name's Ian Anderson Gray and this is episode 72 when we're going to be talking about how to grow your community with live video. I'm really excited that my guest today is Lou Mangiello, so I'll be bringing him in just in a little bit. But if you're listening to the podcast or you're watching in the future, you can go to iag.me forward slash 72 for the show notes of this. And uh, yeah, just check that out. And you can also subscribe to the podcast at iag.me forward slash podcast. Now, today's show is sponsored by my good friends at Content 10X and Restream. So it's time to talk about my first sponsor, which is the fabulous Content 10X. And very shortly, I'm going to be bringing in a week or two's time, I'm going to be bringing in Amy Woods, who's a good friend of mine, and she's the founder of Content 10X. And this, they're basically the full end-to-end content repurposing service for your whether you're doing live videos or any other kind of content, whether it's podcasts or blog posts. And so the great thing is with Content X, you can produce a regular live show. They will then take that and explode that across the interwebs in a plethora of different content. So they will take that live video and make it into, say, a podcast and blog post and social media images, saving you time and money and allowing you to reach more and more people, which is pretty awesome. They've also got a new thing called LinkedIn 10X, and Amy's going to be coming onto the show to talk a little bit more about this. And I'm going to be honest, I wish I spent more time on, on LinkedIn. It is like, it's the new cool place to be. Well, okay, maybe TikTok is, but I don't do TikTok. So LinkedIn 10X is the place to be. And the great thing is what link, uh, Content 10X do, does, they will take your, your video, you'll do a video every week, and they will repurpose that into lots of different content on LinkedIn so that you can expand your reach and also grow your grow your thought leadership, really, and your brand awareness on LinkedIn. So that's awesome. If you don't want to get Content 10X to do it uh, themselves and you want to do it yourself and learn how to do that, then they have amazing resources. They've got a blog. They've got a podcast. They've got a book. They've got just about everything. All you need to do is go to content10x.com. And I thank you so much, Amy and the rest of the team, for sponsoring the show. I really appreciate it. Okay, enough of all of that. It's time to bring in Lou Mangiello to talk about how to grow your community with live video. Lou Mangiello is a former attorney who left the practice to pursue his passion for Disney. He is the host of WDWRadio.com, an award-winning podcast about the Disney parks, Marvel, and Star Wars, and author of books and audio tours. 
Lou is also a keynote speaker and provides mentoring and consulting to those looking to build their businesses and brands. Lou, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's great to have you. We, we were talking about this just before we started uh, broadcasting that <laughs> we keep kind of bumping into each other at conferences, but like we never had a proper like long chat. I was kind of joking that we're probably avoiding each other. I kind of see you walking and I was like, oh, time to move away. But no, joking. It's, it's great to have you. And uh, I saw you, I saw you speak uh, for the first time, I think it was last year. Uh, when, when did you speak at Upreneur? Was that in 2019? Yeah, last year. Yeah. So that's, that's where, but we are paths have crossed quite a few times at uh, Social Media Marketing World where you regularly speak. But yeah, I, I want to know a little bit more about this whole because, yeah, you, you started off as a lawyer, but you also dabbled, well, more than dabbled, you actually did, had a, an IT consultancy, uh, which I'm really interested in. And somehow Disney comes into this as well. And, and so I kind of, maybe you can let us know a little bit more about that. Because I, I thought it was just me that had this identity crisis or something. <laughs> because um, I trained as a professional classical singer. But I also had a web agency. I still have a web agency and I do this whole live video thing as well. So like when people ask me what I do, I, I used to really struggle with this. How about yourself? Tell us a little bit more about how you got started with all of this. Yeah. So I was, since I was a little kid, I always wanted to be an, an attorney and do plaintiff's work and help people out. Uh, I was practicing law for a number of years and I was always a bit of a computer nerd. Like my computer was my best friend growing up. So as things like networking and web design was just starting to come into play. I started a little IT consulting firm to help small businesses who didn't have the resources or an in-house IT person. So I was really sort of juggling two full-time careers for a while. And I think because I was always in the service business, I had this idea of making a product and reselling it. And an idea of a book came to be, and I wasn't smart enough to write about the law or computers. And all I really knew about was Walt Disney World. I'd been going since I was a little kid every year with my parents. And you know, long story short, I wrote the book that I wanted to read. I wrote a Walt Disney World trivia book, really just as a personal challenge to see if I could do it, never expecting it to grow anything beyond that. Wow, that's, that's, that's amazing the way that's happened, that you, you, you really went into your, your first love or your passion. But I, I assume that, you know, it, it, did you get success right from the beginning when, when you started doing the, 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 the Walt Disney thing? Did you have this kind of, feeling deep down this this is i don't know this is a bit of fun but it's not really a proper job i mean tell, tell, tell us a little bit how you when you first started how, how did it feel because i know a lot of people when they when they they know they should be doing something they should be following their passions but they, they're worried they have this, this this concern about whether it's the right thing look i'd love to tell you that this is all part of a master plan that i sketched <laughs> out 15 years ago and everything's going exactly as i had foreseen but it's not. Uh, you know, the book was just sort of that challenge. I started a little two-page brochure website. I started writing articles, which was blog posts back in 2004. And I started a discussion forum in early 2004, um, as you know, having been on bulletin board systems and discussion forums elsewhere, I wanted to create a place. And that really was a huge turning point for me. But, you know, you asked about success at the beginning. You know, success for me has never been measured in terms of dollars and cents, and it's really in levels of happiness. And I didn't go in with any sort of expectations that it would be anything beyond the book. So by my definition mm. and, and the journey that this has taken me on, I consider myself incredibly successful because now I do get to do what I love every day. Like I'm still super excited to like wake up in the morning and I hate going to sleep at night because I love it. So in terms of, of overall success, yeah, I, I think so. That's awesome. Yeah, I think we can we have to be careful when we use the word success because it will mean different things to different people. And we there are different ways of measuring that success. It's not yes, money's important. You know, we do need money to pay the bills, but it's it's also about the, there's plenty of other ways of of looking at it. And the fact that you are doing something that you absolutely love and you're doing that regularly and you're getting the opportunity to I know, to go to Disney. Now, that's, I've, I've, I've got to get this off my chest, Lou. And it, it might be at this moment that you just like decide to, to leave the show. Oh, please don't. I've never actually been to Disney World. I've never been to any Disney. And that, okay, I could come up with the excuse that I live in the UK and it's a bit of a distance, but I haven't even been to Disney Paris. So 
what, what, what am I doing wrong? Tell me why I should be going to Disney World. Like, why, after this whole coronavirus epidemic's gone out of the way, why should I be booking my, my first trip to Disney World? <laughs> and clearly fate has brought us together because I want to be your guide to introduce you to a world that you have. Look, I, you know, for a lot of people, especially here in the States, Disney is almost like a rite of passage, right? I mean, in terms of, of going place with your family, but you know, you can go to, to Walt Disney World or any of the Disney parks and experience it on its surface level in terms of incredible storytelling, great attractions, wonderful food, you know, rides and shows. But you can also go and, and you can write it off this way too. You can go from a business perspective and learn about guest experience, exceeding expectations. Nobody does customer service and storytelling better than Disney does. And I think that you can learn a lot as from a, a business perspective as an entrepreneur by visiting the Disney parks. Mm, definitely. Well, so I'll give you a little added incentive, a little more incentive to come. Yeah, well, I, I can see that Jeff C is watching and uh, we've been talking about the idea of all taking our families to Disney World one year. Maybe, I don't know, maybe we could like do, do a little conference on the side and, and make it all worthwhile. But yeah, it, it, I'm excited about it. And, but that, that makes me even more excited. But I just got to wait until we can actually do some bit more traveling. So yeah. hopefully next year, we'll see, we'll see what happens. We've got some fabulous people uh, watching. Challenge ITV is actually watching from, uh, from Vietnam. It's great to see you. He's got a question for Lou saying, do you recommend to split on which, I'm not entirely sure what, what this means, but to split on which platform to stream depending on the type of live stream, thinking of Twitch, which is more orientated for gamers. So I suppose this is the whole question about, you know, where do you live stream? I was going to ask you this later about the whole idea of multi-streaming, but, you know, when it comes to the platform, I mean, is this something that you've thought much about in terms of where you, you choose to live stream? Yeah, and again, sort of just giving quick history, I, I've been live broadcasting since 2007. Mm. So yeah. I start off like in the old Ustream days and sort of move from platform to platform. And fortunately or unfortunately, we are sort of beholding to the individual platforms as opposed to sort of just having these on our sites. And I made a decision years ago that Facebook was the right place for me for a variety of reasons, where my audience is, and we'll obviously get to a place to sort of foster and nurture and create community. I think Facebook is the ideal place for it. I have chosen intentionally over the past few years not to stream to multiple platforms at the same time for a couple of reasons. One, I didn't want to sort of cannibalize the audience and have them spread out, even though I understand and acknowledge that some people are more comfortable watching maybe on YouTube or Periscope than they are Facebook. But I also wanted to give them a single place to go. Again, I wanted sort of everybody in the same room, wherever that room might be. Obviously, with technologies like Restream that does allow you to multicast to a number of places, but still have all the comments in one location, that's obviously breaks down one of those huge barriers. But for me, I try and stay at a single place because it's really where my community lives. Mm, I think that's really important. And I mean, certainly, I think when you're first starting, I always recommend that people just stick with one place because multi-streaming, you've, you've got, there's so many more things that can go wrong, first of all. Even, you know, with Restream, it's a lot easier than it was before. But I think the main the main reason I wouldn't have done it in the past is is the fragmentation of the audience and and the the comments. And I know this is something that you feel really strongly about that you know when it comes to community you need to be listening and and having a conversation with the people watching. It's a lot easier now now that we can actually bring in all the comments and we can do all of that. So I think that's easier. Yeah. So I hope that answers your question. Um and Jeff, just to, to, hmm. to touch one other, you you do lose one other thing though and potentially is yeah. Yes, all the comments are in one place when you're live, but I think a lot of people who go live forget about what you need to do after the show is over, which means to go back and continue to respond to maybe comments that you missed, keep yeah. that conversation going. And if you're not doing it on all the platforms that you're streaming to, a lot of those voices don't get heard and maybe those questions don't get answered and you might sort of frustrate a viewer that feels that they haven't been acknowledged. That's a really good point. And it's at this point when I feel a complete hypocrite because this is what you've just said is something that I always recommend that people do after a live show to go back. You might, you might talk, you might. Um, so I, I've been talking to quite a few people, you know, mentioning them by name. But sometimes I, I think always it's a good idea to go back and actually respond to them because, well, for many reasons, and I'm sure you'd agree with this. You know, there's the, probably the less important thing is, but it's still kind of important is the 
you know, the Facebook algorithm, you know, it's good to keep the, the conversation going. But more importantly is they may not have actually seen or heard you mention, mention them. And actually going back and continuing that conversation on, on, in the comments is really, really important. So yeah, it's, it's in my list and my process of things <laughs> that I need to do, but do I always do it? No. And, and so I think it's something we all need to do. And it's obviously more difficult the more channels you, you broadcast to. So uh, uh, Jeff C is asking, did the book come before the podcast or did they launch at the same time? Good question. Uh, the book came first. Uh, I started writing my first book in 2003. It came out in 2004. And then I started podcasting in 2005. Awesome. That's good. So, yeah. Uh, and how, how was the book experience for you? Was that uh, kind of quite a stressful thing or was it, did it come quite easily? It was a very interesting process. So um, <laughs> kids, years ago, used to actually go to physical bookstores to like find books you know, there was no vanity publishing then. The idea of self-publishing didn't exist. So I literally went to Barnes & Noble, took all the travel books off the shelf, sat in a corner and wrote down the name of every single publisher to send out query letters to, to see if they would sort of validate your work by, by willing to get behind it. So it was an incredible learning process about book publishing, book marketing, editing, and just sort of how it all goes. And then since then, I've had other books published and I've self-published books after yeah it's and it's it's presumably a lot easier now than it was back in those days much <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i'm sure you learned a lot through that experience so you you mentioned this that you have been live streaming since what what, what year did you start would you say you started live streaming 2007 2007 so i think to some people watching and, and listening on the podcast they may think wow that's quite a long time ago you know didn't facebook live first come out in 2015 you know yeah. And I think this is this is the thing. I think we can we can forget that live streaming is not that new. There's quite I mean, so what did you do back in those days? You can tell us a little <laughs> bit about your first experience with live streaming and you know, why did you get involved and, and how was it in those days? So I literally, Ian, I remember the very first night that I went live. So I had a discussion forum. Again, this is pre-social media. There was no Facebook. So 2007, I had a, a very active community on my site. And I saw this new technology coming out that was actually accessible to an everyday person. And I'll never forget telling my wife at dinner, I said, look, I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to try this thing. I'm going to be up in like 10 minutes. Nobody's going to watch. I'll see you later. Six hours later, I kid you not, she came downstairs <laughs> and she's like, who are you talking to down here? She heard me through the air conditioning ducts. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm, there's these people and they're watching. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I have no idea. Like it was about Disney, but it's just a conversation about everything. And it was a very funny yet eye-opening experience for me because as a content creator, especially as a podcaster, I love the spoken word. I think it's the most powerful medium in terms of intimacy and really connecting with a listener. And the discussion forums allowed that sort of conversation to happen. But as content creators, we push out content and then we wait, or we have to wait for that reaction as opposed to live video, where not only do you sort of get that immediate feedback, but it's completely transparent. It's the most authentic because there is no filter. There is no editing. And the community who you want to make them feel like they belong and they have value because they do, now all of a sudden has a literal and figurative say in the content that's being created. Uh, and I think that that's incredibly empowering for them. And I think it's it's wonderful as a content creator to have that conversation be part of the, the content that you're distributing. That's so true. I, th I think, you know, the, I mean, I love podcasts. I love producing podcasts, but I, I have to admit when I launched my podcast last year, I knew this was going to happen. But, you know, it takes a long time for, for the growth to happen in most people's cases anyway. And so I'd launched it in March in, in May. And then by October, I, I was getting, you know, getting a few people downloaded. The downloads weren't like zero and they weren't bad, but I still like, I thought nobody loves me. Nobody's there. <laughs> and, and then it wasn't until I went to a conference. In fact, it was Youpreneur. And I bumped into about 10 people who said, I love your podcast. And I was thinking, well, why didn't you tell me this before? And, but the thing with, with live video is you get that instant acknowledgement really don't you you get people watching and, and commenting which is great so yeah i i can see that caleb joshua uh, hill is saying is this right your community is at wdwradio.com slash community is that right yes 
That's awesome. Well, thank you for that. So do check that out. And Jeff C says, this is a great question. <laughs> what was the tech Lou used to go back live? <laughs> to go, go live back then. Two cans on a string? Yeah. Um, basically, yeah, almost. Yeah, so um, again, Ustream at the time, it was it was a, a web-based interface and, and it was actually pretty, maybe they might have had a desktop app too. But the thing that was really interesting was not necessarily going live from home when I just had a webcam and it was just, you know, bad audio and bad video. But I actually wanted to take people with me into the parks. And I was still living in New Jersey. I'd fly down to Florida and I would literally walk into Magic Kingdom with my like 15 pound old Mac laptop, a 3G card, a wired <laughs> webcam and a battery pack, like an external battery pack, like in a messenger bag. And I'd walk into Disney and the, the security guard would be like, dude, what are you doing? Like, go ride the rides. But so I have shoulders of steel from walking around carrying my laptop because you couldn't even broadcast from the phone. Wow. That's, 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 that's I mean, but you, you presumably you, you know, being a, a self-professed geek, you enjoyed like dabbling with all these and getting it all working. And so you were using Ustream. Is Ustream still around these days? I, I haven't really seen much of Ustream. So it was bought by IBM or mm. Lenovo, whatever, and it became more of a, of a corporate thing. So I don't even know if they have a, you know, sort of a public facing platform. Although I will tell you that a couple of weeks ago, I did log in and most of my old videos are still there. Oh, wow. Not that cool. anybody should ever go watch them, including myself, but um, it was interesting. <laughs> you, need to give, you need to give us the link and I'll put it in the show notes you know? so we can all watch them. But, <laughs> so, so live video, uh, and I, this is something I'm going to ask you later on about the, the fact that we can get so het up sometimes about the number of people viewing. You know, this is, this is some, a lot of my clients come to me and my audience comes to me and they say, Ian, you know, I've only got like two or three people watching, you know, how do I get more? Um, a little bit more about that in a bit, but I want to ask you about the importance of the replay. You know, we, we tend to get very excited and focusing on the live element. It is live video after all, but I, one of the things that I know you talked about in one of your presentations, it might've been the social media marketing world one, was the importance of replay, the replay audience. And this is something I think is really important. You've got the people watching now. So there's some fantastic people watching now, but there are people from the future who are watching. So tell us more about the importance of that, because I know that's something that you've uh, been talking about a lot. So if I can just, I want to preface it by talking about mm -hmm. the numbers for a yeah. minute, because I hear this all the time, both in the podcasting space and then the live video space. And I hear, I only have this, I only have, you have to, like, I am not a numbers guy. And it's, it's just me, it's a personal choice. I don't focus on the numbers. If you ask me what my podcast downloads num are, I don't know, I'd have to go check. because. It doesn't matter to me. Like if one person is listening, that's all that matters. And when you say I only have 10 people, I think you diminish the value of the people who are there because there's a human mm -hmm. being on the other side. And I tell podcasters this all the time. I say, when does your show come out? They're like Sunday night. How many people do you have doubting the show? They're like, oh, it's only 40. I'm like, what if all 40 of those people showed up at your house at eight o'clock on a Sunday night, knocked on your door and was like, okay, I want to hear what you have to talk about. You'd be like, man, I need to get more snacks. Like that's a lot of people. So don't ever feel like it's only to, sometimes I think having less people is even better for you and better for them because you really can give them all of your attention and all of your focus. And they feel like they have an even louder voice because it's not necessarily lost in a room full of hundreds, if that makes sense. Mm, totally makes sense. And you can remember you can remember people's names and things like that and people, a little bit more about the people and make them feel a bit more loved and welcome. So yeah, yeah, totally. Thank you for sharing that. So yeah, the replay part of things, what would you say about that? You know, how do we, well, would you say the, the replay audience are just as important and, and how do we split our brains so that we're thinking about our live audience and also the people from the future? Without a doubt. Um, you know, a majority of people are going to watch on the replay versus on live and you have to have that mindset literally from the second you go live, uh, you know, we can spend a lot of time talking about all the, the best practices, but you need to start talking right away. You need to sort of set people's expectations and not just do it at the beginning, but remind them in case they tune in in the middle or they scrub ahead, you know, who you are, what they're watching about, what they are, are potentially going to learn, what the payoff is going to be at the end. But be very cognizant um, from beginning, middle and end that there are going to be people watching that don't have the benefit of the live interaction and then remind them and explain to them, 
what the importance of coming back when you are live and almost a little bit about what they're missing in terms of, of not being there as the show is actually happening. That's a really good point, actually. And I think I need to do a little bit more about that. You know, I, I, I want my podcast listeners and I want my replay audience to, to feel comfortable and happy. But I do actually want them to come over and get, get involved with the live. And so actually, you know, giving them a bit of a prod and a nudge is, is a good thing, which is great. And if you've just joined us, that reminds me, if you've just joined us live, then this is the Confident Live Marketing Show. I've got Lou Mangiello on today. Really excited. We're talking about how to grow your community with live video. Got some fabulous people watching. Uh, somebody watching on LinkedIn. Unfortunately, I can't see what your, who your name is. But you say, uh, gear has gotten much lighter. I think this is uh, certainly has from your days of walking around Disney with your laptop. And um, Challenge ITV has a question. Do you recommend to edit the replay with shorter content? So I suppose this is the whole repurposing thing. Is that something you've ever dabbled with? Have you ever looked at repurposing your, your live shows? I have. And other than just taking the Facebook Live video and then posting it on my site as a blog post, so again, you sort of get the benefit of having it on your home base. People may, may find it that way and then go and watch the live video later on. I really don't. And, and it's particular to me. I think different situations, it does work well. But because of the dynamic of the live show and the type of things that I like to cover, I don't think it would translate well for me and, and a listener because I'm not talking to the podcast listener. I'm talking to the people who are watching live. And, I, and as for my podcast, I want people to feel like they're sitting at that table with me as we're having a conversation or at that restaurant or in that park, as opposed to what I do on the live show. And also, again, I, I want them to hopefully come and enjoy and consume the content in multiple ways and in multiple places. So I don't really repurpose any of the live video in terms of, of audio content or even a blog or anything like that. The only thing I will do is I trim the beginning of the live video if I have like a two minute countdown. Yeah, this is something you can do. You can do on Facebook. You can do in YouTube. Although the downside with if you trim the beginning of your YouTube video, you lose the live chat, which seems a bit of a weird thing. I don't know why YouTube do that. But anyway, it's just the way of things. But yeah, no, thank you for that. Martin Buckland watching on LinkedIn. I don't quite know which bit you were referring to. Maybe you can tell us, Martin. It says, yes, the word only is demeaning. Uh, I'm not quite sure. Do you know what that he could be referring to? Yeah, when I said, when people say, oh, I only have five people listening, I only have four people oh, watching. The, yes, yeah. that's, thank you. Yeah, your brain's working better than mine. Yes. <laughs> so don't, I mean, we, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I think I've sometimes fallen into this trap of focusing on the numbers. And I think sometimes you can have, you know, you can either think, oh, I've only got three people watching. Or it could be the opposite. I mean, just think if like 300 people turned up, you go, oh my goodness, I've got 300 people watching. <laughs> it could be like that. So just stop looking at it. And actually at the moment in Restream, I know they're going to be adding this feature, but I actually can't see how many people are watching, which probably is a good thing. Uh, Dr. Joe North is watching. Hi, Joe. Hope you're doing well. Jeff C says, I love how Lou refers to his listeners as his friend, not friends. It makes it sound like he's talking directly to you on his podcast and this is something that you know is it's you have to train your brain i think because i i found myself i don't know about you lou but i've found it so easy to say hi everyone and think about the plural whereas actually what you do is you focus on the individual without a doubt yeah. and it's a it was a very deliberate choice mm. uh, really from day one i don't like hearing hey everybody hey people like i think it just like, especially on the podcast, I'm talking to the one person that's listening on the live video. I'm talking to the one person that's watching. So, you know, barring some sort of, you know, major brain malfunction, I'll never say, hey, everybody, like I'm talking to you, like you, the person that's giving me their most valuable commodity, which is their time. And look, it, it is, I, I do believe in the friend, not fan. I don't like that word fan because in these mediums, that's how viewers and listeners see you. They look at you as a friend. You're so much a part of their life and their routine. You know, when they download the show or they tune in every, you know, Wednesday, whatever it is, they look at you as a friend and you need to give them that, that same respect back. You know, we're in the relationship business and that's exactly what this allows us to do. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Chuck is here. He says, 
Chuck Leonberger says, Lou came to my PR professional society uh, several years ago and gave a talk about using the virtual space to encourage people to engage in the physical space. This is a critical concept and it is a key factor in integrated marketing. Uh, that sounds awesome. And Joe North, thank you, Joe. It was you <laughs> watching on LinkedIn. For some reason, LinkedIn didn't want to put your name up. Sorry about that, Joe. But yeah, you're watching on YouTube now. That's great. <laughs> and Martin says, I was grateful and happy with 10. Yes, but now you're not going to think about numbers, are you, Martin? <laughs> you're going to forget about that. Okay, so community. I think, first of all, what is community? Which might seem a bit of a silly question, but um, and why is it so important? Why was it so important to you uh, in the building of, of all the stuff that you've been doing? You know, I think just as human beings, deep down, we all want to belong, right? We all want to belong to something. And look, maybe it was important to me very early on because I felt like to a certain degree, I was alone. Like I'm, I, I'm probably the only adult sitting in his basement that thinks and talks about Disney as much as I do. And when I started my discussion forums and the first night, 29 people signed up and then it was 50 and a hundred and a thousand and five, again, the numbers don't matter, but it sort of grew exponentially. I, there was this awakening, like, wait a minute, I'm not the only person that is a somewhat, you know, somewhat mature adult that loves Disney. And for a lot of people, that sense of wanting to belong, to be understood, to be heard, to have a voice, to make friends that are like-minded is so important. And that's what, you know, these virtual spaces and places and content allows us to do. And so community has always been uh, the cornerstone of what I do. And everything that I, everything else in terms of content is built around that. Yeah, and I think I think we can so easily lose focus uh, about the importance of community. We can be thinking about all these other metrics. You know, I don't know. We've talked about the numbers, but it's there's loads of other things. And actually, the, you've talked about you know friends and building community. It's so so important. So when it comes to live video, how how can we how can we grow our community using live video? You I mean you've had so much experience of, with this and. I know in your talk at um, Social Media Marketing World, you, you, you shed lots of different things like, um, you know, the idea of webinars and Q&As and collaboration and all those kind of things. Could you maybe share some of those things with us now so we can get some ideas of, you know, if, I know a lot, of, a lot of people that listen to my show and watch my show really struggle with the content side of things. They, they, first of all, they're worried about getting in front of the camera. Then they've got to sort the tech out. And now you're telling us, now we've got to think about what on earth do we say? And what's the content about? So can you maybe share some, some tips with us and what you, you've done over the years? You know, I think what people and all of us need to do before we even think about turning the camera on for the first time is you got to ask yourself the most important question, which is why, right? Why am I doing this in the first place? Like, what is it that I, as the content creator, hope to get as a result of going live once a week, once a month, every day, whatever it might be? And then you have to sort of flip the thinking and say, okay, why should somebody tune in? What is the value that they're going to get, whether it be educational, entertainment, somewhere in between? And you have to think about what the takeaway is going to be for that viewer every single time you go live. So are they going to learn something? Are they going to get a diversion from you know their everyday? Are they going to meet somebody else? That really needs to be sort of the cornerstone. And then you sort of build the, the, the topic and the focus as a result of that. Is it a Q&A show? Is it a how-to show? Is it an interview show? Is it something that complements maybe some of the other content that you're already doing? If you're a podcaster or a blogger, take whatever your topic was this week, and hopefully it's something that the people who are listening want to talk about. You could just do a Q&A about you know, your most recent show because I'm sure people listening are talking to or screaming at their iPhones when they're listening in the car about some of the things you're talking about. This gives them a forum to talk about it together. I mean, you really can start super simple with like zero money. Production value is not, you know, most important. Like podcasting and everything else, the content is critical. Yeah, totally. So, but, I mean, it's just in that... That little bit there that you gave shared so many different ideas of what we can do, but it's got to start with the big why are you doing it? And uh, if you don't have that sorted, it's, I think it makes everything much more difficult. So, yeah, the, I love the idea of the Q and A show, and and uh, I've I've done a lot of how to 
how-to shows as well, like how to do this. I mean, I've been doing quite a lot of those recently and I've brought in guests to, which has been fabulous. Do, do, I mean, do you recommend bringing in guests onto your shows as well? Or do you, would you recommend just focusing on yourself first and, and showing your knowledge with your audience? So for those people who are thinking about bringing guests on, like, I get it. Monologuing is very hard and it's very scary. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's one thing to monologue in front of a microphone to record it. When you flip the camera on and there's just crickets and it's all you, it sometimes is, is a little overwhelming. Like, what am I going to talk about? What if nobody's there? And you've got to, like, from the second you're, you're live, you have to go as if there's an audience already there because, like you said, people are going to be watching on the replay. Like I, and I tell people who are just starting out, even if on your laptop screen or your computer screen, you just bullet point like three or four talking points or three or four questions that you can ask the people who are watching to get them prompted to start a conversation, simple questions anybody could ask. Look, I can go live and say, where's your favorite place to have breakfast in Walt Disney World? Everybody has an answer to that question. Everybody has an answer that they want to share. And then all of a sudden a conversation is going and that's really what you need. So I don't really do for my live shows, unless I'm out like in a park somewhere and there's friends with me, I usually, it's just me and you. It's me mm. and you, like, because again, that's, again, it's what I want it to be is I want it to feel like you and I are having a conversation in a room full of friends, whether they've met yet or not. I love that. And I think it's, it's more intimate, isn't it? I think when it's just you and your guest, yes, it's more scary, but I do, I do think it's more intimate. You can have that, uh, more, more of an intimate conversation with your audience. And, and yes, maybe when you're first starting, you're not going to get that many people watching, which makes it more difficult. But I suppose you can, you can get some of those questions in advance so that you can, I mean, would you say that when you're first starting off and you, it is, it is definitely crickets. There's nobody watching you live and you, you're kind of like, <laughs> okay, what do I do now? You know, what would you say for people just starting off? So uh, again, leverage, hopefully, whether it be your social media following, your blog readers, mm -hmm. your podcast, give them a reason to come over. And again, don't necessarily rely on them to drive the conversation. You have to sort of have some of those talking points, some of those prompts. It doesn't have to be some sort of formal segments that you do, but easy things that anybody can talk about. And some of those simple questions will oftentimes start a conversation. And then from there, you know, sort of this ripple effect happens. And next thing you know, you're sitting in a basement broadcasting for for six hours. <laughs> yeah, you got to watch it. So, uh, <laughs> and if you want to know a little bit more about how to broadcast a marathon broadcast, there's, uh, I can't remember which episode, but we had um, David Bain on the show talking about how to broadcast marathon live shows, which is, uh, yeah, it's a mammoth task. Uh, so I did 40 uh, hours. I did 40 hours live once. What? <laughs> <laughs> you actually stayed yeah. awake for 40 hours. <laughs> My eyes might have closed for a couple of minutes, but yeah, like oh, I took wow. people into like the Disney parks and, and did it and we raised money for charity and, you know, but yeah, it's a, it's a long that's, time. <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, I think the most I've heard people do is 24 hours. So you, you've, um, I think you win the award. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, Joe says, you're so right, Lou, about monologues being hard. I'm building my audience and have lives where it's just me. That's a great tip. Thank you. Uh, Martin says, uh, hold on, let's just get that. Martin, Martin says, yes, I have never talked to myself before I started Facebook Live, but my audience is building, so it's not just me anymore. <laughs> and Joe also says, I love your tip, Ian, of having some questions ready to answer. And Jeff says, just before I bring in my next sponsor, Jeff says, I always start with 10 questions ready to ask my guests, no matter what show I do. It's a great habit to have. And I love that. I think that's really, really important to just, just it, it just means that you're ready. If something goes wrong or you don't have anyone, then you know exactly what to do. So I need to bring in my next uh, sponsor. And this is, let's see if the tech is going to work. You can see that now. This is Restream. Restream is uh, one of the sponsors of the show. And I thank you so much, guys, at Restream, because I use Restream for all of my shows. This is the complete multi-streaming service for um, entrepreneurs. This allows you to boost your views. You can broadcast it up to 30 different destinations all at once. And you can find out more just by going to iag.me uh, forward slash restream. So you can broadcast it over 30 different destinations. Uh, you can use uh, software like OBS Studio or Ecamm or vMix. But if you want to make it really easy, you can use their live video studio. So you can have up to nine guests on your show very, very easily. You can highlight comments on the screen. 
But the thing, the problem is, and we were talking, Lou and I were talking about this earlier, that the problem with multi-streaming historically was that you, you can lose track of your audience and the community. So one of the great things about Restream, if I just scroll down here, is they have a chat facility. So this will bring in the comments from all the different places that you are streaming to. So on the show, I've got people on LinkedIn and YouTube and Facebook. And so I can bring them all in into the show. And it's um, that's really, really good. I really, really love, love that part of it. They've got a scheduler, which allows you to stream your pre-recorded videos live. And not to forget about this, you can also look at the analytics and measure your success. So you can see which parts of your video have got the most views and which haven't and maybe make some changes as a result of that. So I uh, thank you so much, Restream, for uh, sponsoring this show. Do check out Restream at iag.me forward slash Restream. You're listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. So I don't know whether you can hear screaming in the background, but that's my son. It's his, uh, it's his 10th birthday, and he's playing uh, Minecraft with, um, with, his, with his cousin. And yeah, he, he's thinking about a YouTube channel and he keeps, well, in fact, he has a YouTube channel. It's called um, Cool Bro Tim. He hasn't actually got any videos on there yet, but he's working on that. But the first thing he says is, hello, guys. And I'm, the first thing I'm going to say to him when I go down, no, <laughs> no, hello, guys. It's hello. Just, I don't know. What would you, what would you suggest to my son? What should you do? start with this video you know, with. I, I, yeah i don't even so i just say hey thank you for being here like i really appreciate yeah. you tuning in if you're watching live this so it's always you 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 i'm talking to yeah the one person love that yeah well that i'll, I'll be <laughs> whether he takes the advice i don't know but we'll, <laughs> we'll work on that so we've talked about numbers uh one thing that I, I i really see you doing and it's something that i i'm really trying to do and i really believe in and this is what i love about all all the stuff that you do lou is that you make people feel special uh, so you've, you've, we've talked about some of those things uh, about how, you know, mentioning people by name, you can highlight comments on the screen and, and things like that. You can remember their names and a little bits about, about them. Have you got any other things that you could share with us that will remind ourselves how we can make people feel special? It's, it almost seems ridiculous that we have to be reminded, but with the technology, <laughs> with the technology in the way and so many things to juggle, you know, I've got lots of screens here and buttons to press. I think sometimes we can forget those things. So what would you say? You're right. We're spinning so many plates, you know, people don't yeah. see what's going on on the opposite side of the <laughs> camera. And it, it, you, you almost do feel silly saying, you know, to pay attention. But I think one thing people have to realize is that you can and you must care at scale. It doesn't matter if there's one person watching a hundred or a thousand, like you need to pay attention. Look, at the end of the day, in people just want to be acknowledged, right? They want to sort of be, look, again, I'm going to show how old I am. It used to be when you called into a radio station and you heard yourself on the air, like you got so excited. When you put somebody's comment up, when you stop to pay attention to their question and you answer it individually, when they come back next week and you remember a little detail about them, you are built, it's so important and you're building up such social equity with them too, right? You talk about the numbers increasing. You know what you're doing too? You're building up a, a group of incredibly loyal evangelists for you and your brand because they see that you genuinely care about every single person that's in there. Yeah, I think that's so important. And if you're not very good at your memory, <laughs> then write it down. I don't know whether you do this, but I mean, I, at the moment I'm okay. Uh, I can remember most of my audience that that pops in, but I, I, I I'm starting to worry that I'm going to get mis I'm going to make mistakes and and forget where people are from. I suppose it doesn't matter at the end of the day um, about all of those things. But yeah, so you would say like in, make people feel special. Remember individual details about them. Answer the questions. You know, bring some value to it. it for, for for people like me, and I know some of my audience who who are worried about making mistakes. What would you say? Go ahead and make them. Stop worrying. <laughs> yeah. That's what people want to see, right? That's what people yeah. want to see. When we do videos, when we do podcasts, they're produced, they're edited, they sound exactly where we want. The vulnerability and the transparency that you allow people to see live establishes this incredible sense of reciprocal trust between the two of you, right? They hear the kids crying in the background, something falls, the lights are wrong, whatever it might be. 
they see that you're human. And, and I think that we as content creators sometimes try so desperately to make everything just the way it's quote unquote supposed to be. Live video breaks down that. And, and I think that is where the people who are watching really get to truly know you and who you are. And I think the more that you allow yourself to be vulnerable, look, I, I'm I don't know what I'm going through. It's menopause or something, but I'm a crier and I <laughs> and I let people see it. Like I don't care because it's who I am. And and yeah. I don't expect everybody to like me and that's okay. I think we need to be magnets for the people we want to attract and and you know, live video sort of removes any of that, you know, falseness about us. Uh, and I don't mean intentional, but you know, uh, when the editing just isn't there. Yeah, I think you're so right. And I, I, I found that when I, so I, I repurpose this live video into a podcast and I do edit it. I do add a little bit of fun. We have a little song at the beginning. You, you, you'll find this out with when your episode comes out, I'll probably sing a little song and <laughs> you're starting to worry about this now. And then, but I found when I first started that I did edit all, all my mistakes out. And now I'm doing that far less often. And I think that the, the live, my experience with live video is teaching me to, is, is allowing me to be more authentic. And it's actually teaching me to be a better podcaster because I think you're right. It is about that vulnerability. And um, I think what, I don't think I've, I think there was only one live video that I did end up crying on. Uh, this wasn't this show. <laughs> But it was when I was out, out and about. So I'm going to have to ask you that question. Have you ever cried on, on one of your live shows or live videos? Absolutely. All the time. <laughs> and it's fun. Look, I cried when Magic Kingdom, when Walt Disney World reopened, yeah. you know, as part of the pandemic, I was visibly like I was weeping and it's fine. And there's times yeah. I'll be talking about something on the show and I'll do it too. And Ian, I don't hide it. And I think people yeah. appreciate that. Exactly. So that, that's, that's, I'm so glad you shared that because. Don't be afraid of sharing your emotions. There were probably some emotions you don't want to share if you're completely, I don't know, really angry about something. Then, you know, maybe kind of go for a walk. But other kind of emotions, because empathy is such a strong emotion. I really love that, Lou. That's great. We're just at the end of the show now, but Chuck says, at the end of the day, you're creating brand ambassadors and they'll help you spread the word about your show product service far better and more effectively than any amount of paid messaging. Totally agree. And actually better than you. I mean, you can go out and shout about, come to my show. But if you've got your, if you've got your viewers doing that, that's even more awesome. Jeff says, real transparency would uh, be getting Lou to sing. His <laughs> you can't see the comment, Lou. I'm sorry. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Real transparency would be getting Lou to sing his favorite Disney song. <laughs> what is your favorite Disney song, Lou? Let's uh, tell us that. I'm not even going to say it because I don't. I don't want to be put on the spot to no, sing it. Listen, all right. Look, I almost <laughs> and Jeff was there last night when I was live, and they, they almost got me to sing, and I had to sort of catch myself. So no one. You can to see you that, can so. you can tell you can tell us what your favorite Disney song is. Do you have a favorite one? Oh gosh, um, you know what? I'll 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 play to the to the house crowd. Um, I love Mary Poppins. I love the music of oh, Mary awesome. Poppins. Excellent. Yeah, it's a great it's a great musical. I mean, I used to do a lot of te I taught singing, so I taught a lot of the Disney classics. And yeah, Mary Poppins. The there's Chim Chimney and there's the what what's the other one? Spoonful of Sugar, all that kind of stuff. It's yeah. fabulous. Yeah, awesome. And Chuck says uh, mistakes equals genuine and authentic. So I think we're so scared of making those mistakes. I think from a tech point of view, you probably want to make sure you have a nice checklist to reduce those kind of things. But if you're stumbling over your words, if you start crying, if you, I don't know, get emotional, that's all totally cool. We love that. Awesome. Well, I think we're at the end of the show. Thank you so much, Lou. You've shared so many fabulous things with us. And uh, just that, given us really that strength to know that it's, it's not about the numbers. It's about the, the, the real people. It's about community. It's about being real, raw, and human. Um, and I think that's such an encouragement to all of us. I hope if, if you have, uh, if you're watching and you've, you've been encouraged by that, just pop that in the comments. Let us know when you're next going to cry in your live show. I'm joking. No, next, let us know what, what, what you feel about that. Um, that's been great. So how can, how can people find out more about you? Um, you've, obviously, you've got your podcast and, and shows. Where's the best place to direct people to? So everything I do on the Disney side of things is at wdwradio.com. Everything I do sort of on the personal and speaking and mentoring side is at lumangelo.com. 
and I'm at Lou Mangiello on all social. That's awesome. Well, all of those will be in the show notes and I'll uh, try and pop those in the comments across all the different platforms. Thank you, Lou. I will do that. <laughs> and uh, um, that's, that's great. And what, what are you working on next? What's, I mean, obviously at the moment, the problem if, uh, is, is a lot of, still a lot of the world is locked down. I mean, uh, have you been able to go into uh, to Disney recently? I have. I was there yeah. the night that it closed and I was there the day that it opened. And, and I love being able to connect. And look, Again, live video, mm. I, for people who are concerned about coming, I show them an unedited, unscripted, very real point of view of what the parks look like so that they can determine on their own if they're, if they're comfortable mm. coming back. I am. I think it's the safest place I've been, but I, I want you to be able to see it for yourself. Yeah, but I think that's really important. And, and you to, to actually show people, I think Disney must like you quite a bit for all the stuff that you do. You'd hope so. I, 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 I hope so. We have a great, you know, I've had a great relationship with the company. And look, I'm yeah. a very positive guy and, and I just yeah. like talking about the stuff that makes us happy about going. Yeah, that's awesome. Joe says, uh, great show. Thank you both. And Chuck has been great. He's, he's just putting your links in there. So do check out uh, Lou at W, if I can say it, WDWradio.com <laughs> or LouMongello.com. Well, thank you so much, Lou. It's been great to have you on the show. I'm actually going live tomorrow. We've got, I've got my good friend Anne Popolizio to talk about Facebook ads. And I'm going to be going live next Tuesday and Thursday. So if you want to know, if you want to, to know next time that uh, I'm going to go live and get updated about that, all you need to do is, have I got the button here? Uh, confident.live forward slash subscribe. And you can download my confidence guide and also get notified. This is with my new... Facebook Messenger bots, which is very exciting. Um, yes. Anyway, there we go. <laughs> Thank you, Lou. It's been great to have you on. Thanks so, so much. Fabulous. Well, until next time, I encourage you to level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Be sure to join the community at iag.me, where you can continue to level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, toodaloo. Always a singular you. Love video, love video community. Make your audience feel special, there's a burst guarantee. Lumagello, Lumagello says it's always the same. Ask questions, bring value, and call them by name. On the rooftops of Streamland, that's the name of the guy.